Welcome to another wonderful, awesome episode of Encounter Grow Witness Podcast with our rock star host, Beth Spazarni. That's and, right. And with me, Father Steve Polis. Uh, we are so grateful you're joining us and listening to this great Archdiocese of Detroit Unleash the Gospel uh, conversation we're having so that all of us, especially our lay ecclesial ministers, our mission direct teams, can uh, better know how to follow Jesus and help others follow him as well. And we're kind of on the cusp at the beginning of the fall season here. Beth, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Yep. <clears throat> Kids are back to school. We're trying to get back into a rhythm. Yep. And lots of things are happening all at once. Yeah. That's how about great. you? That's great. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, as our listeners know, I've transitioned from working full time at the Chancery to now working full time at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. And it's been a great joy. It's been a lot of fun kind of. Uh, getting to know the seminarians more and seeing the mm-hmm. work here at uh, at Sacred Heart Seminary, where we record this wonderful podcast. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of an exciting new beginning uh, year, yeah. learning a lot, figuring out how to do stuff. And, um, yeah, uh, God has been so good to me this oh, year. That's so, so good. Um, uh, I'm very happy uh, with, uh, with what I'm doing now, and uh, we're going to talk about conflict. It's true. We're probably going to have some arguments and some <laughs> conflicts in this. Yeah. In this podcast, you so you are entitled to be wrong, Beth. As uh, are you, so. <laughs> and I won't even. I don't think you should be embarrassed about it. It's okay. Yeah. We well, all make mistakes. Well, so. <laughs> that's very kind and very Isn't generous it of so you. So generous. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about uh, you know, kind of on the cusp of fall and um, fall yeah. stuff, fall things. Yeah. Is it too soon? Or is it time, yeah. Father Steve Pullis, for pumpkin spice? Is it too soon? <laughs> Are you drinking your pumpkin spice lattes? It is always both <laughs> too soon and too late for pumpkin spice. And I don't think there is a right time <laughs> for pumpkin spice. Um, you know, I am a black coffee guy. I like. Really? Yeah. Straight. Yeah. Um, okay. I think, Very it, you serious. know, I'm sure it dates back to like. My mom drank cream in her coffee, and my dad drank it black. Oh wow! And, and so I think it's to have like cream as a man. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I think you can. Half it's of just our listeners the way. are devastated to learn this. They're not allowed. Oh, I, hey, Beth, Beth. I didn't say not allowed. I'm just saying in our family, Sounds that's the like way I kind of uh, you kind of feel like you, you know, adopted it, and I started to like coffee black. Okay. Um, so uh, wow. And, and pumpkin spice just has this. It's such a strong aroma of aroma. flavors. Yeah, aroma's too yes. nice a word for it. It's really it. for the sophisticated palate. You know? I believe oh. stench is the, uh, <laughs> the, the right. Uh, you may have noun an immature palate. So maybe as you grow and age, oh. you know, you'll come to appreciate pumpkin I, I spice see your more. I'm not sure. Style is insulting. Ah, okay. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, but for oh. you, is it too early? I don't for think it's spice? too soon. I think it's all right. I, okay. I haven't had anything pumpkin spice, but I would welcome the opportunity <laughs> if it presented itself. I would welcome it. Okay. Uh, what about football? Is it is it too soon for football? Yeah, maybe I'm the naysayer here. I I think of football as. Uh, as a fall sport, right? That's what it but is. But doesn't September kind of feel like fall? You know, not when it, like the first week, Labor Day uh, week, yeah. and then the week after that, it was like 80 degrees out. It was pretty out. hot. So, it's true. It was hot. Um, that, it just, it doesn't feel wrong, but it doesn't feel right, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> So I, I know. <laughs> hey, this, oh, this was great. your your list tell, of questions. It's totally my list of questions. We should go and tell all the tailgaters. I'm sorry, you cannot be out here. It is too soon for tailgating in football. Yeah, I see. I have a more kind of 
generous disposition oh, that really? I'll allow, I'll allow them <laughs> I'll to do allow that. It. Oh, <laughs> but, but for me, it doesn't strike me as like the quintessential footballness of it. Got it. it. What, so what, what right. are your thoughts? Um, I don't think it's too soon. I, I can feel in my house all the excitement and the energy for it. And it absorbs a lot of attention. Mm. Uh, and it gives me a lot of free time to go see a girlfriend. That's great. Go for a nice walk, read a book, do my schoolwork. And I'm not missed because there's a lot of attention <laughs> being absorbed. Uh, People seem very excited about it. What's the object or... Of, uh, of that attention? Is it Michigan? Is it the Lions? Is it some... Well, my husband's from Pennsylvania, so he cheers for the Cleveland teams and Penn State. So unfortunately, all of his passion doesn't help me be culturally relevant at all. Okay. So I'm always telling him to try to help me because I gonna... unfortunately don't care about football that much, which is hard because I'm from Ann Arbor and you're really mm-hmm. supposed to. Yeah, there's a school there, right? There is a great school there. Yeah. But unfortunately, I just, it's not that interesting. What about pies? Is it too soon for pies? It, Mr. So, Naysayer? So <laughs> Are we score, allowed to have pie? On this score, it is never too early for pies. We were talking How beforehand. How differently we feel. <laughs> yeah. It is too early for pies. It is too oh, early. Oh, it's too early. Yeah, you can't have pies, at least not till late October, November. You're wow. not allowed. Wow. You can't. Haven't you seen those old movies like About Thanksgiving? About the yeah. pie sitting on the windowsill yeah, in, in the October? summer. No, in the summer well, and who's some doing like, that? hobo or whatever sneaks up and steals the pie I from the not. windowsill. No, I must have missed those. <laughs> it was no. in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I know it was oh, in that movie. Didn't see that. Um hmm. you didn't see Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No, I'll add it to my wow. list. Yeah, Cohen Brothers. Are you a okay. Cohen Brothers? Uh, you don't know who they I are. I don't know who that is. Okay. I'm sure I would if I yeah, they're the best um, movie makers. Uh, I guess they're called directors. Right, right. Um, out there. They're great. Okay, awesome I'll add movie. it to my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brother. But you're that. not allowed to have pies. Okay. I'm and, sorry. And that's a universal. And I'm, it's that's universal. not like because like, no. there's fruit pies and then there's more no of pies. a hearty. No pies. Pumpkin. No, you can't. You shouldn't. Okay. What about the little hostess <laughs> pies? That I don't find? really think those are pies. I'm fine with that. You're allowed to have that. What Our a, producer is relieved. He's going to run a, out and get one. A pizza pie? A pizza. That Yeah, pizza is always allowed. Okay. That's just fine. Yeah. Okay. How about cider and donuts? Well, I want to go back to the pies oh, for a minute. Oh, we're not done with pies. No, yeah. j- just for a moment. That There's a great restaurant up in Mackinac City called Darrow's Family Restaurant. All right. That makes homemade pies, I think, all year long. I've not been up there in the winter, but... In the summer, I mean, they probably have 20 different kinds of pies. They make homemade, delicious. Um, And to me, that's a bit of a summer tradition, going up north and getting, you know, fresh fish, fresh walleye at uh, Darrow's. Do they make pairings for the fish and the pie? They don't. The best is the salmon with the strawberry rhubarb. Yeah. Because I don't think that's, I don't think you can make pairings like that. Yeah, I don't Can know. You? And I don't think they have a bad pie. So mm. and I've not had bad fish there either. So I think it's just, you know. Great food. It's just great and great. Like what version of great do you want? <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Well, I'll so, be pleased so to pies visit this lovely establishment in October or November. Yeah, all right. <laughs> pies and summer go together for me. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. cider and donuts. Cider and donuts. I don't think it's too soon. I think that's, I think September, it's a green light in yeah. my opinion. I think October. October. Yeah, I'm an October, um, October cider and donuts guy. So, do you have a per- preferential place you go preferential to? Place? Uh, I don't. There's a great place in um, in Royal Oak. People love Donut Cutter. They've got some great donuts. Um, mm. And there's a place out in Franklin that 
the kids have been to, but I haven't been out there yet, but they say there, it's excellent. There's a cider mill in Franklin, There is, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Three Cedars Farm, also excellent. Where's that? Really lovely. That's in Novi, I think. Okay. Yeah. Northville. Yeah, Northville. Wow. That's yeah, a great so, time. So you do skew west side there. I do. Being from Ann Arbor. I yeah. do, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the quintessential, probably the largest, is Blake's yeah. up yeah. in Armada. And yeah. uh, that's not too far from my weekend assignment at uh, up in Shelby. So I've I've gone up there a few times. So. All right. Already? Uh, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. All right. The last not couple yet. of years I've gone up all there right. once. You know, so. All right. Um, yeah. Delicious pies, apple pies in the nice in october too well look at us disagreeing and mostly charitably uh can you tell us a little more about <laughs> conflict and what value there might be in disagreeing well well even well, though you're wrong about pies hang on one more uh, of these yeah. you you had mentioned electric electric blankets electrifying yeah blankets uh, they're not electrifying blankets that oh. would you would be dead <laughs> oh okay. uh, just an electric blanket electric yeah it's blanket. a lovely warm blanket and you plug it in and there's numbers you can turn it all the way up if you turn it up to 10 you'll probably fall asleep Okay. It's great. Love it. It's not too soon. What's the weather Get for an out. electric blanket? Like Any slight chill in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Any slight chill in the air and you're allowed. Okay. It's you're allowed. Yep. Great. Big fan. Okay. Big fan. I have never used an electric blanket, so I am uh, Well, Christmas ideas know. for our listeners. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let's send them 100, folks. <laughs> Let's get them in. Everyone send one. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So all of that wonderful fall stuff out of the way. Yep. Conflict. Conflict. Uh, and we're going to talk about conflict because uh, it's so needed in the church. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it. even when it doesn't happen, it happens. Yes. Right? Very true. So if we're trying to avoid it, it, uh, it rears its head in it other does. ways. Um, but I think it's important for us to talk a little bit about why it's okay to have conflict, why we shouldn't just kind of either give in to the loudest voice or just kind of take a vote and just move on. So um, it's talking about, you know, why conflict is important is because the content of what we do as disciples of Jesus is really important. Mm. the mission Christ has entrusted to his church. And um, it's funny to think about like the church, you know, the, the hierarchical church and the church that the Pope and the bishops have. But the church mm-hmm. is also us, right? We're yep. not just passive members right. of the church, especially, you know, thinking about the laity. They're not just passive members of the church. The mission entrusted to them, to me as a priest, to us as the archdiocese, is really important. Yes. And so if we're not willing to kind of talk about the most important things and even talk about that in a way that makes each other uncomfortable, pushes each other a little bit. Mm. Um, we're selling the gospel short, mm. right? We're not being, we're not bringing our own conviction, which we need mm. in order to bring um, Christ into people's lives. Yeah. Um, because Jesus wasn't afraid of conflict. He wasn't afraid to tell no, people. No, probably not. You know, and, <laughs> It'd be hard to read that into the gospels. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. you know, he, he was bringing uh, a gospel that was at conflict yes. with the world, at conflict with the culture, in conflict with uh, oftentimes, you know, my sinful nature of yeah. what I want to do. And so the gospel by its very nature is is rooted in conflict because it comes uh, calling us to repent of our lives yeah. and to believe in something beyond, you know, my, my just my most immediate kind of um, 
human or, or natural or carnal desires or wants. Right. So you're saying we can't just avoid conflict and hope it just disappears or dissolves or goes away. Yeah, I'm saying the very nature of the Christian life is mm-hmm. conflict. Oh, um, it's yeah. not only conflict, right? right. <laughs> um, but it is conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's because the content is so radically important because yeah. sin has entered the world and yeah. Jesus is at battle with sin and any Christian who seeks to follow Christ has to be battling sin yeah. in their own lives and then, you know, however the Lord calls them to do that in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, I knew one parish that one of their core values was not burying your talents, not burying, <clears throat> excuse me, not burying your talents in the ground, but like speaking up. And so they had a policy that whenever they were about to make a decision, everyone had to speak. Mm. You didn't all have to agree, but everyone had to speak and share something yeah. on the topic, you know. Um, so I do think you're right. It's it's important that we not just avoid having the conflict, that we really have the conversation yeah. uh, for the good of for the good of the mission, for the good of you know, for the for the purpose of using the gifts and the temperament that God's given us. Right. Using the mind he gave us yeah. uh, to contribute and to to seek what is the best. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the other important reason um, conflicts important is. Just the way Christ uses his church, that he gives different members different perspectives yeah. and different gifts. Right. Um, and so, you know, being an extrovert and a little bit louder, I know, you know, it's not it's not hard for me often to kind of put forward my idea or my vision or my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need other people to kind of question those or to yeah. kind of make sure that they're the right way to go and to bring their own perspectives, their own gifts and, you know, their own portion of the Holy Spirit, which Mm -hmm. is going to kind of be in dialogue with each other, even, you know, our heartfelt thoughts about what's best um, to find the right way forward, to find the right strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, God has given different gifts and a different portion of his Holy Spirit to different parts of the church. And and that requires a, a way of interacting that's going to help us find the way forward. I mean, I think about the early church in Acts and even like looking at uh, Acts 15, the Council of Jerusalem, where there's this debate about what it looks like for the church to be both Jewish and Gentile. Mm -hmm. You know, um, do the Gentiles have to take on the Jewish identity of circumcision and dietary laws? Um, And there were really strong thoughts about that, right? right? And it's not that people were like evil for thinking a certain way. It was that was the way forward was to kind of hash it out with heartfelt thought. Um, But uh, we'll talk about how to handle conflict um, in a minute. But the idea that it's so important that we are not running away from it because Mm. God has given you, Beth, gifts that he didn't give me and the church isn't going to be who she's meant to be if Mm. you know you're not using those gifts because you're afraid of conflict or if i'm not using my gifts because i'm afraid of conflict yeah very true and i you know it matters that we have conflict it also matters that we have healthy conflict Mm. right and i i think that just as much as we have the absence of conflict when there should be ideological debate and constructive um processing of ideas i think also sometimes we just have really unhealthy conflict that can get um that just can impact our culture and it can impact the way that we're carrying out the work that christ has entrusted to us you know and i think about how christ prayed that we would be one right Mm -hmm. not only for these i pray but for those who will believe in me that through their word so that they may all be one as you father and me and i and you that they may be in us that the world may believe that you sent me 
So I just wonder, like, how do we I feel like we've got to do a better job of both having the conflict, but still maintaining the unity of the body. Right. The charity that should always be a part of the way we live life together, the way we do church, the way we do mission. Um, I just think the way that we treat each other matters and it impacts the fruit we see in our parishes, both when we're not having the conflict that we should be having and when we have the conflict in a way that's more toxic. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the the unity piece I think is beautiful. One of the ways I think about, you know, the the church is one and we're called to unity, but we're not called to uniformity. We're not called to be little assembly line products of one another or of the bishop or of the pope or even of... Of Christ, I mean, we're called to imitate Christ, but to do it in the way that He has brought us into the world. Yeah. You know, I, I even think about liturgy, um, and that can be kind of toxic these days. Different liturgical fights or debates, but yeah, true. You know, uh, I think about friends of mine who are Eastern Rite or Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. We have they have a different liturgical tradition, yeah. and so there is unity. In mm-hmm. diversity. Absolutely. And the church does this with different cultures too, right? We have mm-hmm. parishes with different ethnic backgrounds or different um, expressions of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Um, the unity is in Christ and what we profess and believe, um, but it's not a kind of flattening down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's right. not it's not a kind of how do we suppress everything that's different or distinct <laughs> about us so that we can be right. kind of um communist cookie cutters of each other and every building looks exactly the same and you know all of our personalities are shaved off till we kind of have no rough edges um but the unity comes from all of us using our gifts and talents for the same mission and we have to do it in a way that expresses the unity we have yes for each other right so praying that we may be one christ prays that and Mm -hmm. for his apostles and that prayer is still efficacious for us we are the beneficiaries of that fruit um the way we handle conflict with each other has to have a distinctly christian Mm. character we have to be marked Mm. by the gospel in you know when Mm -hmm. you're wrong about pumpkin spice stuff or (laughs) you know in theory when i'm wrong about something um, right, which you probably can't think of any examples. <laughs> no, the no, moment. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but there's a presumption of goodwill. Yeah. Right. I think we yep. have to start with That's that. Huge. That we don't label someone as wrong or evil or as beyond conversation. Yeah. 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 So I I think we have to start with that presumption of goodwill as Christians. That when I see you, I see someone who's striving to follow the Lord. Yeah. Right, And so I have to start with that. So even if you have a different strategy or a different approach than I do, mm-hmm. that's rooted in, okay, well, well, Beth isn't an awful person. And I can't just <laughs> write her off. I can't just High say. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, but sometimes we have to start know, there. I can't do. just write her off and say, well, she's wrong because of X, Y, and Z Right. character flaws right. or ignorance. Right. Um, I have to start with the presumption that you're approaching this as a disciple of the Lord. Yeah. So how do we have healthy conflict then? I mean, I, I guess I, I had thoughts about, you know, sometimes we see conflict coming a ways away. Yeah. Sometimes we don't and we're just surprised. But when we see it coming, I think it's important really to be praying about it. If there's a person that you have conflict with, praying about that and really trying to be aware Personally, what is it about this person or this situation that that bothers me so much? Because mm-hmm. if we don't have that self awareness, we're we're going in without 
without really having done our homework, right, to prepare. And I think the other piece is really thinking about, as you say, this presumption of goodwill, right, trying to understand the other, trying to understand the other perspective, if it's an ideological thing or the other person, trying to understand what might they be thinking or feeling or, um, you know, trying to see the other perspective with empathy and compassion and also wisdom so that we can have conversations that are more fruitful. I think, you know, we we presume their goodwill. We also recognize their inherent human dignity that God has given them Mm -hmm. gifts that he has not given me per se. Yeah. And so I am looking at the other person, even the person I disagree with as someone who has something to offer me, who has a perspective or a, um, um, you know, gifts and talents that I don't have and that I can learn from. Now Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I just give in and assume the person's right and I'm not right. Um, because God has given each of us, you know, gifts and talents, but uh, we do have to recognize the way that even in the messiness of conflict, mm-hmm. God is at work there, and that He's bringing about um, not not just a resolution to problems and difficulties, but He's bringing about a way for each of us to be more the disciples we're called to be and to mm-hmm. set an example for mm-hmm. one another. And I think that is so important, you know, how we handle conflict. We don't run away from it, mm. um, but we also know it's not kind of a, a total war theory that <laughs> oh. everything <laughs> is allowed, right? Yeah. That I, I do have to, um, I, I do have to kind of live my Christian life as an example to others, uh, especially when we have conflict. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, one uh, seminarian brother here. Uh, when I was going through seminary, who I just really struggled to get along with. I just Mm. disagreed with him on everything. And um, I remember talking to my spiritual director about it. And, uh, you know, that great time of spiritual direction when you're telling him all the faults of another person. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Really helping you grow in holiness (laughs) by sharing all of another person's faults. And I remember him stopping me and saying, um, hey, what's good about him? Tell me something Mm. good about him. Yeah. And I thought for a minute, I said, there's nothing good about him. <laughs> like, I can't think of anything. Right. And he said, okay, well, do you see the problem there? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, you know, like God created him in his image and likeness. Right. And if you can't see that, you need to pray and ask the Lord to show you yeah. wh- wh- how Jesus sees him. Yeah. And that was so helpful for me to go and go to prayer and say, Jesus, how do you see this guy? Help me to see him with your eyes mm. and not with all of the faults that I have kind of not just listed, but like put on these glasses of the lens of all the faults of this guy. So whatever he did, I only right. saw it through that. Right. And that was so refreshing because then I got to see like, no, here are all the good qualities. Here are mm. all the things he does that, you know, I can't do or I don't see. And and it didn't kind of wash away the problems, mm-hmm. but it did give me a new perspective. And I thought that was so helpful. So um, I share that to say yeah. conflict, um, you know, if we find ourselves kind of creating a villain in our conflict, like we need to go back to prayer yeah. and say, Lord, help me see this as another disciple. Or maybe it's not a disciple. Maybe it's someone in the world. Help me see this as, as someone you've created in your image and likeness. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing that can impact the way that we handle conflict is um, just overworking and burnout. Mm. Um, I've seen it in so many parishes where people are working so much, doing good things, 
Um, but they they put so much of themselves into it that by the end of the day or the week or the the project, they're exhausted. Yeah. And then really, it's hard to be charitable to one another, you know? Um, either either someone doesn't appreciate what you did or no one knows what you did. or um, And I, I just, I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in others where, you know, by the end of it, the overworking and the burnout leads to, to snippiness, mm. um, people being unkind, arguments yeah. about who gets what room when, where are the tables and chairs, you took my whatever, you know, all these things that, that ultimately impact the fruit of the good we're trying to do. Um, so I know it sounds like a, an odd tip for having healthier conflict, but to work less, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I've been working on years ago, I was working on a project and I, I thought, you know, I could, I could hear the Lord saying like, okay, Beth, it's enough. Stop. Like, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Good. That'll do. Like, run along, you know. And right. I kept thinking, well, I'll just make it a little better. It would be so nice if there was sacred art. And so let me just find some sacred art and I'll pull that in. And anyway, by the time I finished it, you know, of course, the project was was announced and it had been blessed and worked on for months and it was announced. And the, the moment after it was announced, they announced another project that had just come up, come together the day before that was almost identical. And everyone chose the other project. And I, <laughs> I just wanted to throw my computer. I was so mad, right? But like... God had told me it's enough. Right. It's enough. Right? right. And so I had a harder time having healthy conflict in that moment because I was thinking, you asked me to do this. I worked on it all this time. But I heard the Lord say, it's enough, Beth. Yeah. It's enough. That'll do. Thank you. You know, yeah. run along. <laughs> and, I, and I think so often work can become kind of an addiction to yeah. us in ministry where we'll just do, I'll just do one more good thing. Let me just do one more good thing. But we've, if we can't be kind to our coworkers, then we've probably not heard the Lord asking us to stop. Yeah. I think that's such good advice because it does also kind of corrupt something for the Lord into yeah. something for me. Yes. Or, you know, okay, it's, it's for the Lord, but I've done it the way I want to Yes, instead of out of obedience to him. And mm -hmm. then there's an attachment to that. Yep. And the attachment is where you're vulnerable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you can't kind of rejoice in the Lord or mm -hmm. receive it as a gift the way God wants, yeah. you know, whatever success for you to be uh, for it to be received that way. Uh, we become attached and distorted in that. Yeah, let's talk about a couple of areas. How do we have good conflict with people who are our bosses or our superiors? Mm. Uh, how do we have good conflict with um, our peers? And yeah. then uh, I know a number of people who listen to this are also in positions of yeah. uh, of leadership in some right. way. And so how right. do we how do we set it not just set a good example, but how do we have good conflict with people that we're called to lead right. in some way? Um, so which one of those do you want to start with? Um, let's start with the boss. I'll say um, one lesson that I've learned many times, and I think I don't need to learn anymore, I'm all set <laughs> on this one, is not to bring conflict with your boss up in a group. Um, mm. I think I've learned that one. <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm all done with that. <laughs> I'm all done with that one. So um, that doesn't go well. Yeah. That doesn't go well. So go in private. <laughs> go in private. And often when I didn't think it was a big deal, I just thought like, but what about this? And really, there's no need for what about this in a group setting. It's yeah. better to be done in private. Yeah. So um, I think in private, sharing sharing ideas, sharing ideas and sharing what's helpful and maybe what's not helpful and ultimately recognizing you don't have control. So yeah. you can share those things as ideas and input, but... That's the best I've got. Yeah. What have you got? I got a couple ideas. I mean, yeah. one, is, and they're both very practical um, because we want to be practical here. Yeah. Um, one of them is uh, just knowing the temperament of your boss yeah. can be really helpful. Um, some people like big ideas or they want to hear um, kind of the exciting part 
And then like, great, work <laughs> out the details later. And others, and I know Want a lot of priests details. can be like, I want to make sure all the details are thought through right, right. before we do this. Um, and that's something I've learned too, because I'm kind of like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did that? And then like, yeah, we'll figure out the, the details, right. right? I don't want to burden you with right. all the details. And that's what they want to know. And right. then the idea can fall flat. Right. Um, so, so that's for an idea. Or if you want to change something too, yeah. like, you know, what about that? Some people are, are really open to that yep. and others require a lot more, as you said, in private yeah. and done in a way that um, right. can, you know, just takes a little bit more um, forethought. Very true. So I think yeah. knowing the style Absolutely. of the leader uh, can be really helpful Absolutely. in how to deal with conflict um, for the individual. Um I think another way that uh, we can deal with conflict, you know, you, you talked about doing it in private that I think was really mm -hmm. good. Um, I find being direct really helpful, direct and charitable, mm -hmm. right? So uh, again, you know, we all have our own leadership style, right. but um, for me, I think less beating around the bush and less kind <laughs> of like, well, yeah. yeah, just like, hey, here's an issue. I'm just not sure what to do with it. I'm bringing it as a question not right. as an accusation, right? Right. Like, uh, how can I resolve this better? Or, or how can I understand what you want me to do here? Um, and then, um, you know, kind of the deeper point here that I was trying to think of earlier mm -hmm. is um, not being afraid to set boundaries as well, right? Because mm. sometimes conflict can come because you're always trying to say yes, um, mm. or you feel like you can't say no. Um, and to be clear, as you talk mm -hmm. about overworking, yeah. to, to just set enough boundaries that, you know, our life, as important as the work we do is, it's not as important as the way we live mm. as disciples of the Lord. And True. so if we are just driving ourselves crazy or running ourselves ragged, we need to be able to set the boundaries to say, I just can't take on that project again or if i take it on like i need to let something else go mm -hmm. um to be able to be that direct even about saying i have to set a boundary here i can't do that extra thing um i know that can be really hard but yep. following jesus is not meant to be easy right um sometimes taking up our cross means doing those difficult things so um, his burden is light but sometimes that it's a real burden. Yeah, I think boundaries are good. Okay, so that is dealing with the boss. Dealing with the boss. Let's talk about how do we deal with peers. And you've given some some good uh, ideas with that. I think, you know, being charitable. Go to uh, the person. <laughs> Go to the person. In a group, I should say right? it one more time. In a group. Go to the person with whom you have a conflict. Yeah. Go to the person. Yeah. So I would say the way to not do that well is to not go to the person <laughs> and literally to go to anyone else. Yeah. That would be doing it wrong. So officially, go gossiping. objectively <laughs> doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Gossiping but how often about does this happen, faults. right? Yeah. Even just making people's faults known, right? Uh, yeah, we just, that's absolutely not necessary. Yeah, yeah. go to the person. Yeah. Go to the person. That's, that's my best but advice But what if they're not going to listen? You don't but, know that they won't listen. We but, can't assume things. Yeah. We can't assume that they won't listen, even if they haven't listened in the past. You have to still go to the person. My other thought for working with um, conflict with peers is that involving leadership is important, but it might not work to wait around on leadership to resolve your conflicts. Mm -hmm. One, boss can't fix everything. 
pastor doesn't have time to handle every small conflict that arises. Um, and also there's the subsidiarity level, right? It's best to be addressed by people who are closest to the problem, right? So if we can work it out, let's let's just go and try to work it out. Um, yeah. I had a situation in a different parish where, you know, I had a, a coworker tell parishioners that this thing I'd been working on was a total waste. Tell them the whole parish, mm. total waste. And I was mad. <laughs> I was mad. Sure. And and instead of going to the person, I went to leadership and I said, like, I can't I can't change what a person is saying in the parish. But if, if one of your staff is saying things like this, like maybe that would be something you'd want to, you know, just address or something, you know. And yeah. I think that it was perhaps addressed in a way that either it wasn't heard or it, it didn't change the behavior one way or the other. And I thought, you know, I was sitting there with all my feelings about it and I didn't get a chance to go to him and speak myself yeah. because I waited for leadership to address it. And so I think probably if I was doing that in the future, I would go to leadership, but I would I would take it first to the person and say, with with assumptions of goodwill, right? Yeah. I, I heard I heard maybe this. Is that is that what happened? Can we talk about that? How do we how do we do this, right? How do we work as coworkers in in the vineyard when both of us have been asked to do these important things how do we what it, how could we like respect each other and each other's work yeah no that's good uh there's a podcast i listen to called radical candor mm. which is about dealing with conflict mm. and they talk about radical candor as one of the four quadrants of how to deal with it and it's the right one it's not the apathy <laughs> uh piece and it's not the mm. you know false uh conflict or a false um, unity piece, mm. but radical candor being the way that we're called to interact with each other. Um, this is a kind of business leadership podcast, which gives mm. advice for, you know, how to how to handle conflict. Mm. But I think with the gospel, it's so much more important because mm. we're called to holiness. Yeah, God right. wants what was that? you to be, but a not saint. in all circumstances. <laughs> right. Just when it's convenient, or I'm praying, right? Yeah. So even when it's hard or even yeah. when you don't think it'll be fruitful, they're not going to listen. Like our right. job, as Mother Teresa said, is not to be successful. Yeah. It's to be faithful. Right. And being faithful means we do what's right in season and out of season. Right. We tell the truth even when it might get us in trouble or it might not make us look the best. Right. Um, why? Because that's what disciples do. Right. That's what the life of a disciple is about. Right. And the same with going to a person when we have a conflict with them, as you know, yeah. our Lord says in Matthew chapter 18, you know, if your brother sins against you, go to him right. and tell him his fault between the two of you. Right. If there's a problem, face it directly. Right. Don't run away from it. Right. And don't think, well, I have to kind of create a situation that's going to resolve it in a right. different way. Um, sometimes it's just the radical candor of, hey, that really hurt or, I just, I, I don't think what we're doing here is right. Can we talk about that? Right. Um, and to do that as peers, not only, I think, does it witness our discipleship more and um, kind of help us grow in doing hard things, right. doing the right thing, right. Uh, it can also build really strong bonds yeah. uh, when we're able to have those conversations right. uh, with each other. Should we, do, um, does it count if we're going on email? Go to the person, can I just send an email? I think it depends. Um, again, you know, as I talked about leaders knowing their disposition and mm -hmm. their approach, some people get pretty defensive um, mm -hmm. and some people are bad at doing this out mm -hmm. of the gate and it can help to kind of 
write it out the way they want to say it with right. the nuance. Right. I think email can be okay. I find I'm better in person than in email. Yeah. Even though I make mistakes, like I come across more human, I find <laughs> in my email it can yeah. come I'll come across a little too um, a little too abrupt or a little yeah. too direct yeah. and uh, can almost come across accusatory. So right. for me, like even if it's picking up the phone, right. if I can't, you know, physically right. be there, I find that to be helpful. Yeah. Do you, you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's well said. I think sometimes when it's written out, it's clearer, you yeah. know, and that can be helpful and avoid saying things you don't mean. So I, I can see the value in that. I think oftentimes when I think of conflict that's being resolved on email, I think of really the less prayerful emails that are sent, <laughs> <laughs> the less thoughtfully discerned emails mm. that are sent, the ones that are just kind of reactionary yeah and i think those probably are not helpful yeah um in addressing any of the things that we're attempting to do here i think typically reactionary emails like that seem to miss what they appear to me to miss the presumption of goodwill (laughs) as i've seen them (laughs) and been a part of them so only yeah. on the receiving end. Of, of course, course yeah. only on the receiving end. Yeah. And then let's talk our own leadership, um, how yeah. we can handle with handle conflict. You know, as leaders, uh, oftentimes we're asked to supervise people. They mm-hmm. might be employees. They might be um, volunteers yeah. or or parishioners at times. Right. Sometimes it's just uh, um, conflict where it's not necessarily a, a volunteer, but it's someone who. Uh, you know, who you have to deal with. I'll say for my own um, role as a priest, some of the hardest things, but the most necessary to me has been when I see people walk away with Mm. the Eucharist after Mm. receiving Holy Communion and they don't know. Right. Or they have some other plan in mind. Now, it's never been nefarious and evil uh, that I know of, but it it often is someone who doesn't know what to do or they want to bring Holy Communion to their parent at home and so they just put the host in their pocket Um, and when I see that I think like I know I'm going to embarrass this person by stepping Mm, away right (laughs) Right? there's no way not to do it as the priest at mass but I think there's no way for me not to do this either like I can't just ignore it right Um, so again you know that presumption of goodwill to say hey I'm not calling you an awful person but I, I am saying what what you're doing now or what is happening now, I have to address. And I want to do it with love and charity, but I also want to do it with a kind of um, example setting to say, so just taking that, like the Eucharist is really important to us. Oh my gosh. And so like, I have to take this seriously, but I also have to take you as a, you know, a disciple or a potential disciple seriously too. So I want to balance that, that like, okay, we have to handle this really serious situation, but I want yeah. you to know you're cared about, respected, and loved yep. while we're doing that, even yep. if I have to say, like, no, you need to give that to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk after Mass. But but right. may, maybe in some yeah. um, more kind of um, work settings at church, pastoral ministry settings, uh, any thoughts on how yeah. to handle conflict as a leader? I think the, the you know, yeah, it's hard. It's just, yeah. it's hard. Um, and I think, you know, I've I've worked for leaders and been leaders <laughs> who avoid it, yeah. right? Who avoid the conflict and just never address it. And it, it just doesn't fix it. it. It doesn't go away and it and it gets better. And you lose people's respect by, they say culture is shaped by what we reward and what we tolerate. Mm. So if you tolerate super toxic, strange behavior, 
guess what your culture's going to be? Super yeah. <laughs> strange and toxic, you know? Um, and so I always think about that when it comes to like a conflict. Is this worth, is this something that if not addressed will become a part of our culture? If so, then it's got to be addressed, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think building trust is huge and looking for agreements wherever possible, right? Occasionally I'll um, encounter someone who just, I mean, just to make it personal, because I'm a woman and that's how I think about it. I just think this person just doesn't like me mm. for whatever reason. Maybe they really don't like me yeah. and maybe they don't like the idea that they think I'm caring. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm sort of tireless. I just sort of won't give up on trying to make a friend. Mm. Um, so if I see people around, I'll just I'll go and talk to them, you know, not because I think they'll be excited I'm doing so, but because I want to build trust. I want to build the relationship and I'm hoping that we can like move forward, you know? Um, and so I guess I think when it comes to handling things like that, um, you know, I, I do it, I address the conflict, but I do it in a way that's trying, I'm trying to be loving and charitable and hear their perspective. And I'm just trying to win people to it, you yeah. know? So if people don't think we should be doing X or Y, or they don't know why we're doing it, I just, I just can't stop having the conversation. I just can't stop doing it. Um, whether yeah. they, they work professionally and I'm responsible or they're a volunteer, I just can't stop trying to sell the vision, trying to win people to it, but trying to do it through trust and, and more friendship. Yeah. So my own leadership style, which, you know, could be super wrong, but I don't think it's super wrong, um, <laughs> is uh, um, I'm, I can be pretty direct. I try to be come. direct and I know that can come across as strong mm. um and so i try to balance that with apologizing <laughs> a lot <laughs> so mm. you know because uh, i found that to be helpful that like when you have to say something hard or direct um you know that, that really needs right. to be said because the mission's important right um to, to do that right. you know with charity and clarity right um but you know, clarity to me is directness, right? Not to leave them right. walking away like, wait. What just happened? Wait, yeah, wait was absolutely. that bad or good that I did? Right, right. <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't really know what the right. cash out of that was. So right. I do try for clarity with charity of like, yeah. hey, this happened. Like, we just can't do that. That can't happen. Yeah. Right? We need to figure out how to fix that. Yeah. Um, but also to know that like there are times when I've lost my temper or I've become you know, a little snippy or like I'm in a situation where my patience is, is right. not great. Um, and to be really willing to say, to come back to that later and be like, hey, I shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, you know, uh, we have to resolve this. We have to fix it. But I'm very sorry for how I handled it. I'm sorry for how I treated you. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. Um, I find that to be helpful. See that, that directness and that humility and the willingness to make mistakes, that's what makes it Christian, the mm -hmm. way we handle it. Yeah. Um, I had a boss once, I was interviewing for a job, and he said, I'm not a perfect leader. I'm not a perfect leader. I'm going to make mistakes. But when I make the mistakes, I'm going to apologize for them, and yeah. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. He's like, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and I shared it with my sister who works in the secular space, and she just she was like, I've never heard of a boss <laughs> saying something like that, mm. that like I'm not a perfect leader, and I'll make mistakes, but I'll, I'll say I'm sorry, and I'll ask for forgiveness. Like yeah. That's what makes it Christian. Yeah our humility and our willingness to accept and admit our mistakes, right? Yeah. But still have the conflict and do our best. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that is the balance of Christian discipleship is to have confidence in the leadership we've been entrusted with, right? Not yeah. to walk around as Eeyore thinking, you know, we're, we're no good and, like, right. we can't do anything. But also to say, like, yeah, I don't want to be cocky or um, right. a jerk. And when I make mistakes, I need to be willing to, to own up to them. 
So for all of our wonderful listeners, I hope this has been a helpful conversation and discussion about Mm -hmm. um, why conflict is important as Christians, why it's important for our movement of Unleash the Gospel here in Detroit, because God is asking us to do things that are hard. Um, He's asking us to come together and do difficult work that's really important for building up the kingdom of God. And we're going to do that imperfectly, and we're going to have different ideas on how to do that and what mm-hmm. the most important first step or mm-hmm. most important you know, next step is. Um, and uh, God doesn't want us to shy away from the gifts and talents he's given us, but he wants us to enter into those conversations and conflicts with Christian charity, mm-hmm. with love for one another, presuming e- the goodwill of the other, and um, knowing that uh, he has given gifts and talents to others to help us together make the right decisions for the gospel to be unleashed in Southeast Michigan and well beyond. Well beyond. This has been the Encounter Grow Witness Podcast. We are delighted to have another episode this month. Please subscribe, listen, share it with your friends. We want more people to be hearing and growing together so that we can unleash the gospel.